from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. G'day there and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking Breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB and this morning socialism is the end of all things, according to the Hosk. Uh, what's going on with the immigration and the residency and all that? Uh, the the woman with the free job trial that she, she thought she was going to get paid for and should bowls be taught in PE? Uh, but before any of that, um, Ardern is really, really worrying Mike. The problem, says Fran, that the coalition faces, and she's right, is the growing business concern on a couple of fronts. Firstly, financial probity and the impression that this provincial growth fund is in danger of becoming a slush fund, which it clearly is, 54 jobs in at $900,000 a job. Second issue is competence. Notably, the Prime Minister did not deal directly with the major issue facing the country, which is housing, and also from a business perspective, the ongoing need for skilled and unskilled immigration. And the pledge to address the housing crisis was, of course, Adern's clarion call, says Fran, during the election campaign. Uh, she's failed to make a dent in the issue. Frankly, she sums up, Adern's overall performance was relatively lame. The big picture analysis was weak. Now, the Prime Minister is due to make a statement to the House uh, tomorrow afternoon where she can um, put some detail around all of this. But wooliness will not cut it. And this is increasingly the impression we get of our Prime Minister, is it not? She's full of the headlines, full of the buzzwords, full of the one-liners. Uh, no detail, no facts, no jobs, no houses, nothing. Just a lot of noise. Wooliness will not cut it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that that's like the, the sharpest rebuke. Uh, you're being a bit woolly. Unless he's talking about um, a sort of a casual attitude to the hairstyles. Um, I tell you what, he's, I think he might be worried that she's a bit socialist. He's worried about all socialists everywhere. He really hates socialists. This is interesting. And then there is Finland, who have announced over the weekend that their two-year experiment into the universal income is a bust. They handed out $1,000 a month tax-free to a select group of unemployed between the ages of 25 and 28. No questions asked. Just free money. The idea was that somehow this would lead to more of them being employed. It didn't. For most of us, of course, with a brain and even passing connection with the reality and the real world, this will not have come as a surprise. But to those who peddle this hocus-pocus, they're scratching their heads. And in that is the danger of the times in which we live. For there are people within our own government that espouse this sort of thinking. Now, to be fair to the Finns, they do claim the money led to an increased level of happiness. Which, once again, isn't surprising, given it's basically why we buy lotto tickets. I would guess that most of those who win lotto feel pretty happy too. But do remember, this is a government peddling a well-being budget. And surely free stuff leads to more well-being. And although I, although I jest, the tragedy of all of this is they don't. They think it's real. If you don't understand the fundamental concept that challenge leads to reward and hard work is a virtue, then you don't understand life. If you genuinely believe that money is free and can be taken in large amounts from one group and given to another for no particular reason other than you have deluded yourself into thinking it's fair, then you are not in unison with the vast majority of people, not just in this country, but every Western democracy. And as such, if you're peddling this myth at the behest of voters, you will be punished. Ocasio-Cortez, Warren, Finland, and as they're currently travelling, our own government are all failing to see they're out of touch, deluded, and driven by an ideology that's at odds with the rest of us. I'm so confused. Uh, yeah, we, we've spent 
the last couple of years worrying about the rise of the extreme right, and now we're not allowed the extreme left either. So we're just not allowed extremes, I suppose. That seems that seems okay. Uh, I don't have the energy to be extreme, that's for sure. Uh, there seem to be some extreme decisions made about uh, who gets residency and who doesn't, though. Yeah, so it starts with Mr Shrewbrick, and you knew as um, sure as night follows day or day follows night that uh, there would be examples of what seemingly are sensible people trying to make a living in this country that are getting booted out while Mr Shrewbrick sits in prison at our expense as a resident. Uh, the shit covers, of course, have been the um, the latest one we've talked about for the last couple of weeks, and that particular petition has got thousands upon thousands of people uh, backing their families' cause. Then we get Steve Webster over the weekend. Steve Webster's busy at the moment fighting the fires in Nelson. He's a volunteer firefighter. Came here from the UK in 2012. Now, the problem here is that um, the work visa he got when he bought a business, when they arrived in the country, they discovered the business was failing and the person who owned it was gone. So he's now a car dealer, seven years later now, he's a car dealer, and his wife is running the business, still trying to build the business up, and the family is set to be booted out June 1. So he's busy putting out the fires in Nelson, we're booting him out of the country. How good's that sound? Reasons for the deportation are unclear. So we go back to the lawyer we talked to last week who said the whole law's a mess, it's far too complicated, it's not fit for purpose, and so we've got two seemingly on the surface reputable, sensible, intelligent, hard-working, contributive people to this country who we're just happy to boot out while Mr Shrewbrick sits in jail at our expense, uh, having lied to everybody, been on the run, been a gang associate, imported the drugs, and he's a resident after Mr Lee's Galloway spent the full 45 minutes reading the summary. Any of that make any sense? Now, what's unclear about this is uh, the the volunteer fireman slash car dealer slash florist. I mean, he owns well, he owns a florist. I don't know if he's doing any of the actual floristing, but if he is, I find that interesting because there aren't there can't be too many florist firemen out there, can there? I don't know. Maybe it happens all the time. We just haven't heard about it. Uh, anyway, volunteer firemen don't get paid. Uh, but should you, if you are trying out for a job? That all we have here is a pretty basic case of misunderstanding. Clearly the woman didn't know she was working unpaid because given her upset, when she found out, she was angry. Clearly she didn't ask, which I would have thought was basically her fault. Is I mean, as I undertake this trial... What rate am I being paid? Surely that's a question you would have expected to be asked. Can you lay some blame at the cafe's door? I suppose. Could they? Should they have said, by the way, you realise this is unpaid? So with both parties potentially at fault, we have misunderstanding, miscommunication. How that gets to be a $9,000 fine is the real crime here. Further complicating this, is this not your classic dismissal? I mean, it's not your classic dismissal case. It's not like the worker was useless and they were looking to shift her. She, according to the reports, was good and the employers liked her. So once again, surely on the surface, an example of a conflict that wasn't particularly egregious or outlandish or not entirely repairable. Now, when it landed in front of the authority, did they ask any of these questions? Did they not see this wasn't a crime of the century, that that, that all had really had happened was through a lack of communication? The woman had done a small number of hours free of charge. She had not been abused or been treated as a slave. She hadn't been treated this way over and over again. This wasn't an underground visa or family rort scenario where rip-offs had been regular, overt, and ongoing. This was a one-day trial that hadn't worked out. How does that lead to $9,000 in fines? Should the woman have been paid? Well, of course she should. 
Was there perhaps an apology owed? Maybe. But at $9,000, you can't help but conclude the authority is heavily stacked in the workers' favour and balance is clearly out the window. And I'm assuming they also fail to take into account many a small business, despite being clearly seen by the authority as ogres, are not weighed down in riches. Nine grand is a heap of dough and a hammer to deal with a nut. The precedent, too, is dangerous. It opens the door, or the perception of the door being opened, to every try-hard and opportunist who might think if they squeal loud enough there's an awfully soft touch at the authority that don't like employers or have any understanding of how tough it is to run a business and actually make a quit. I can't wait for uh, my trial to be over here. Um, podcasting at News Talk ZB. Uh, it's been a decade or so, and I feel like I've almost proved my worth, and then they can start paying me for it. Uh, we're just going to finish up here uh, talking bowling, because apparently they're trying to get bowls, lawn bowls, into the PE curriculum. It'll be a fun old thing if you're doing PE at school, doesn't it? Just jump on the school bus, down to the bowling club, roll a couple. It is one of those ones where, is it debatable whether or not it's actually a sport? Oh, no, it's a sport. There's no question. Because sport is about uh, mental endeavour as well as physical endeavour. And there's no question that it's a sport in my mind. It's like snooker. I'm watching snooker last week. Yeah, but are we, so are we going to introduce snooker as part of the PE curriculum? Are we going to introduce darts? Yes, why not? I'm right into it. What I cannot condone is what I saw on the news last night. Can't remember where it was. Frisbee throwing has been recognised by the Olympic Committee. And that's wrong. And they have this Frisbee game where you throw a disc and eventually you get it to a, to a hole and you throw it into the hole. And that apparently has been recognised by the Olympic Committee. And I don't Are you know. just jealous because you can't do that? No, because every time I throw a frisbee, it doesn't work very well. Everyone it's knows. because you're left-handed. That's left, right. And left, left hand is really struggle when it comes to frisbee, in my is experience. It, do they really? Is that, what, is that my problem? Well, that and... A bunch of other stuff that yeah, we don't have time for, I mean, exactly. So know, the Toyota certain upper body strength required. <laughs> and The Toyota racing And eye coordination. Yeah, recently I had a bit of a frisbee session, actually, with some people who had never really done it before. And I had no idea until I was so great at it and they were so shit at it uh, how much technique is actually involved. And like I say, some of the people who were terrible at it were left-handed. So I I am wondering if there's a connection there. Um, I'm Glenn ZB. That was the re-wrap for Monday. Uh, Go off and practice your frisbee and we'll see you back here again tomorrow.